Hi, I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, founder of the nonprofit The Woman Behind the Smile, and your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making is keeping us hidden, and that in turn keeps us hidden from each other and the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow. And while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perception about your circumstances. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary struggles and found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from those experiences. I'd like to welcome out today my guest, Dr. Heather Tucker, who's a friend of mine from the Women's Prosperity Network and a marvelous woman. Dr. Heather, are you there? Yes, Debbie, I'm here. Thank you so much for that awesome introduction. Well, thank Happy you so much. Thank you for being with me today on my, on my show. And I, was, I was teasing you. I saw you on another show this week, so you're the hot guest of the week. So welcome. <laughs> I love hot guests, and we've got some hot conversations, some hot topics to talk about today. Um, Many people that are going to be listening to this show don't know who you are, so I'd like to give a quick bio, and then we're going to dive right in, okay? Okay. Dr. Heather is the founder and CEO of Another Level Living, Inc., a professional training and coaching company. She's a master life harmony coach, speaker, and training. Dr. Heather's mission is to guide business leaders to achieving their work-life harmony. Not just business leaders. I'm going to put out there men and women in general, but today we're talking about women. And, we're, and that creates that, that work-life harmony creates optimal prosperity and abundance. Dr. Heather uses easy strategies to support her clients in stressing less, whew, increasing energy, which we all need, and strengthening relationships in order to achieve victory and success in all areas of life. She's also certified as a life coach and communication mind expert and has certified over 350 life coaches to date. That's probably changed since this is written. Her primary expertise areas include business building, digital marketing, authentic leadership, relationships, emotional intelligence, and trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder. We're probably going to focus most on what I love about your bio here, the relationships, emotional intelligence, and trauma, or PTSD, or relationship challenges. So Heather, thank you. That's that's an incredible bio. Um, But you're very young, comparatively speaking, and you've done an awful lot in your lifetime. So could you kind of give us in your own words what, what you've done and who are you? Who is Dr. Heather? Oh, wow. So, you know, I'm simply a country girl who had a big vision of um, trying to do my part in the world but not sure how to. And um, I, I grew up believing, or my parents told me, the one thing that no one could ever take away from you was what you know. So I spent the majority of my life focusing on education and getting good grades. I got my PhD by the time I was 27 um, in human-computer interactions, computer science, and I got my dream job at, at 28 where I was working for the government, permanent six-figure position, 
And all of the accomplishments that I had made during those times were as the world thought life was good, life was not good. So, like, whereas work and career was fine, the life side, like, relationships, health, like, understanding me, all of that was just no clue. Relationships with just relationships in general as well as family. So it was almost like uh, a lot of perpetuating trauma that would always prevent success. And then I was called a halt about maybe seven years ago, and I was like, there's something else I'm supposed to do. It was because of the Trayvon Martin situation when George Zimmerman got let off that um, it started to plant the seed for there's something else I need to do. There's no reason for me to be in this cushy position, still miserable, and um, people are suffering around me. So I went on the journey to uh, figure out what that was. And I also realized, well, what is the purpose of all the success in the world? You don't have people to share it with. And I met my amazing husband. He's a Purple Heart Marine Corps veteran. He did two tours in Iraq and Afghanistan and came back with PTSD. And whereas I thought life was going to be amazing, life actually got even worse because his trauma impacted my trauma, and it was just like a nice old, big old bag of tornadoes in the house with triggers and everything like that. And three years ago is totally different than where we are now, two years ago, really. And we're in such a much better place, and I've been able to restore all of the relationships. And it was all because I restored the relationship with my faith, my God, and myself. And then I allowed everything else to transform around me in a beautiful way. No. Well, I, I really honor what you've done and how, you've, how you have grown into where you are today. Um, I want to go back a little bit. What, you said something about um, being so involved in school when you were young, and that's funny. So was I. I was very competitive with one of my best friends. Um, did you find that being the smart girl doing those kinds of things alienated you from the other kids? I mean, did you have a lot of friends, or were you, were you more on your own? You know, Thank you, Debbie, for that's a really good question because I had a lot of friends and I also felt very alone, mm. meaning um, I spent a majority of life trying to fit in, but I knew I was different. And then it's not until now I realized, oh, wow, well, why try to fit in when I'm born to stand out? But during that time, it was a very lonely place because of multiple reasons. Um, and then you would deal with, it was almost like being alone too because then you would get, like I got bullied. That created trauma. So it was almost like how do you stay, so I didn't feel necessarily fully safe at home or at school because it's like I couldn't really be me. Um, so the focus was mostly on school, but I wasn't really aware of all of the things outside of school that needed to be healthy as well. But by doing sense? well in school, that made your parents happy, your grandparents happy, everybody could brag about the great student, right? Right. And that, and that lasted up through, well, you got your Ph.D. at an early age. That was tremendous. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yep. 
and, and many of but, many of you know of us, and especially in WPN, we might be the first one to go to college, the first one to to get a master's degree. To you know, the very few get their PhDs. So I honor that. Congratulations. But that's bragging rights for family, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you've had other. I mean, in your life, you've had traumas. You had things happen to you that maybe your success hid. Right. You think? Can you kind of talk to us about the, the traumas you had as a child? Can you, would you mind going into that? Oh, no problem. Like I can, I can definitely share them now because they are healed or and also still healing. Uh, there's two traumas I, I shared yesterday. The main two that really impacted me was first, um, when I was four, I was molested. And I didn't even really realize it or recognize it or become aware of it until literally just a couple of years ago. So it's one thing to know that you're a little off and something's wrong in that there, but it's another thing to not know and then spend your whole life trying to figure out what the heck is wrong. Why do I have trust issues? Why do I have difficulty with relationships? Wow. And, um, but what covered that up pretty soon after was when I was five years old, my grandfather, who was like the rock of the family, he was a very successful entrepreneur, was shot and killed and murdered, and nobody found his killer, and the police had no desire to find his killer because he was just another dead black man. Mm-hmm. So there was some, so that event, like we basically did what most families do is they just move on but you can never really move on without really dealing with it. So that created, okay, well, don't put yourself out there because something could happen to you or, you know, it's, it's better to stay for the place small. And it was interesting because I watched the movie. If you have not seen this movie, everyone on this call should watch Just Mercy. I think that's the name of it, but I hope it is. The new movie with Jamie Foxx that portrayed that exact thing where it was difficult or of being successful and black and then something happened. And so those traumas really didn't, I didn't pay attention to them then. It's like we try to stuff stuff down and put so um, emotionally and then put so much effort in the mental and what our success is. It's almost like where are we putting our work? So, those traumas, whereas Dr. Heather was this awesome, successful person in personal and work life, was totally chaotic in personal or in life life. Well, Dr. Heather was the woman behind the smile. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at your beautiful picture with your smile, and I'm and I'm listening to your story and thinking, you're just like. I mean, we're we all do this. We all hide and pretend things are okay. And on mm-hmm. the inside, we're falling apart. Exactly. And you had, and, exactly. And you said the other day, too, that because of what happened, you, you stayed small. You downplayed your intelligence. Well, I mean, that part I think your parents could brag about, but you probably felt like you needed to stay small so you wouldn't stick out, you know. And then other things happen. Like I, I had this interesting thought this morning as I was thinking about our show um, about how, how we hide, but the way we do it 
it's not really hiding. And, and it goes to me for, I was thinking about my weight and when I was young. Mm-hmm. And I, I got real heavy, uh, I guess it was the beginning of college, and it wasn't the college 20. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I started thinking about it, and why did I do that? And then my first husband, was, he, he yo-yoed. He, his eating was emotional. And so he would put on 100 pounds, and then someone would challenge him to take it off, and then he would put it back on, and then he had some, you know, he had a relationship outside of our marriage, and he just put the weight back on. And I'm thinking, okay, so am I chopped liver that you're not going to look good for me? And I think, well, that's pretty self-centered, Deb. Why is he putting that weight on? Why did I put the weight on when I was young? And it was to protect ourselves emotionally, I think, mm-hmm. being hurt, which is silly. You know, because then you start hurting yourself, and Lou ended up passing away because he was way, way overweight, and his heart just couldn't take it. But do you find that, you know, sometimes weight gain or or weight loss or poor eating or whatever, it just, that's a way that we hide our trauma? Absolutely. There, there is so many ways that we have, not just weight gain, but even like drinking or even like smoking, like a, a lot of unwanted behaviors. Food addictions are really big. Um, you're exactly right. The direct link between emotional trauma and emotional, um, significant emotional events and our, uh, the, our desire to gain weight. It's not even a desire. It's an unconscious desire. Because what happens is we gain weight as a form of protection. So that's so what happened even with me, like I started gaining weight as a kid and no one could figure out why. And a lot of times it's from some significant emotional event, like the ones I shared with you today. Right. Find that, you know, and the thing is, okay, yes, this has happened. The beautiful part is we can be able to transform that. And we can be able to heal that. So now, as I've faced the trauma as compared to run away and hide from it, shining so bright. I'm so excited now. <laughs> I've been, you know, even looking back on it, like, guys, it's still exciting. So um, we can be able to heal that um, and restore that. So, therefore, it doesn't impact our future. And we don't have this, this you know, exactly the purpose, the point that you talked about with, um, your ex-husband, how he would put the weight on, he would take the weight off, he would put the, there was a resistance even internally where um, that was causing that, um, that pattern of going back and forth. And that's exactly what happens when we're trying to move forward. We're trying to move forward, then we take maybe two steps forward and then one step back and then five steps forward and ten steps back. Like that type of moving forward creates more pain and struggle. It was was like a yo-yo. I mean, the weight on and off was like a yo-yo. And when I look back, you know, he was brilliant. But as a child, he was ridiculed by his sister because he was so innately smart. And she, you know, she worked hard. So that, you know, that she put that on him, and then he tried to prove that he was smart and became bold and audacious and a pain in the butt, but <laughs> I loved him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are emotional things there that he, that he would hide, and he would hide it by eating. And, and it's funny how the way I reacted to it, because I thought, well, if I stop eating, 
then maybe that'll show him that eating overeating is not good for him. Well, silly that. What that meant was there's more food on the table because I wasn't eating it, and so he ate it. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, mm-hmm. this is really screwed up, you know? And so I'm thinking, you know, there are things that we just have to figure out how to set boundaries on ourselves in, our, in, in the addictions that we have and the recoveries that we have. So you and I have talked a little bit about boundaries, and mm-hmm. I'm reading, I was telling you, I'm reading this great book. Um, it's called Boundaries, and it's by Dr. Mm-hmm. Henry Cloud. It's very faith-based, um, which I'm listening to it on Audible, and I liked it so much that I, I actually got the, the book because I like to highlight in yellow. Um, but it's all about when to say yes, how to say no, and to take control of your life. What are boundaries in this setting that you've, and you use this in your, in your coaching, um, how do you set boundaries and, and why should we do it? Okay. So um, I'm going to get to that question, but I first want to share with you that traditionally as women, pretty much all over the world, we are taught to be agreeable. We are taught to be people pleasers. We are taught to, um, you know, like we feel sometimes guilty for saying no. Uh, is this any of this resonating so far? Yeah. Like, okay. All the so above. What ha- okay. And what happens is we end up saying yes to situations that we may not necessarily feel totally good with, like, or part of us may feel okay and part of us may not feel. So there's always this resistance. And when it comes to the, the thing that changed everything in the house, in in um, in the business, well, is knowing that self-care is not selfish and paying attention to, like for me, I used to be like 75, 85% for other people and then only like 25, you know, 20% for myself. Now it's like 95% for myself and that 5% to, that I give to other people feels like 100% to them. So they don't, feel, they don't feel, like, uh, resentful because now you're not paying attention no, to them? They don't feel no, la- right, no. It, it's, be, and it's about creating healthy boundaries with love. Like, we get so caught up in um, caring for the best interests of other people. For example, my husband, um, when we're on this, I guess entrepreneurship is not a, a job, it's a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a journey of hills and valleys. And whereas we could be trying to do well in business, then all of a sudden something happened. So my husband, he's had has heart issues. I almost lost him. It was like, and so then I became into this um, caregiver role, and then I came more cared more about his health than I cared for my own. And then I got pregnant, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to pay attention to self care, like really now, and then also give care to everybody else. But what do you do when you do not have that energy? and you're burned out, and you're overwhelmed, and you're stressed out, and you're just like, I just want to be done with all of this. <laughs> like a popping moment sometimes happens. Like have you ever been so overwhelmed on all areas of life that you're just like, I just want to check out for a moment and maybe watch a show on Netflix or, you know, maybe do uh, something that might not be healthy for us. Who knows? But well, that's when I, that's when I that, sit down and watch a movie with bonbons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Sitting exactly, there with my, like my M&Ms. 
like or, or watching Steel Magnolias, which is a really funny, good show on Netflix right now. But yeah, taking a break and just checking out. So what causes that is because we are depleting ourselves. Our like we're depleting ourselves to try to be a service to everyone else. When really we need to be able to make sure that we're totally full. And how to be able to do that is paying attention to the things that. Um, it's almost like taking responsibility for our life, stepping from, I went from, because of a lot of the traumas, we create this victimhood mentality. And I had that victimhood. Oh, my gosh, what was me? Why me? Why is this happening? And then how to be able to start switching that. Sometimes there's going to be parts of that in different areas of life, but ideally start switching that to a victorious mentality. And that requires taking responsibility, seeking the right support, getting, um, getting to a point where you feel safe and secure and, um, and solid in your own foundation, and therefore you can be able to show other people how to create the solid foundation in themselves. It's like when we pay attention or when we say no to people, it forces them to pay attention to their own life purpose. And does that life purpose have to do with Everybody has their own life purpose, and they come together. Um, but that's one of the biggest ways to start creating those healthy boundaries. It's not easy. I mean, it's like it's going against everything that we've been taught or everything we've experienced. And, yes, sometimes you have to fight against the odds. But, ladies, it's absolutely worth it for the restoration of ourselves, for the restoration of our families, because it trickles in to everything around you. Like, my house went from a chaotic tornado or hurricane. I was all in the hurricane. I became the eye of the hurricane where it's the most peaceful. And eventually the hurricane dissipated. And now I'm seeing the fruits of that labor in the interaction with my husband and how great we're communicating in the interactions with my children and how patient I am with them. Ooh, changes everything. It's really interesting, too, because it comes down to, a, you know, I, we were talking earlier about how when kids are little, you know, when they're two and they want something, it's always when you're at the grocery store, and you get to the checkout and they want a candy. And you say, no, or, you know, it's too close to dinner. Well, that ratches it up to, Mom, I want, I want a candy, and they start to grab for it. And then, obviously, you can see where this is going. It turns into a full-blown mm-hmm. temper tantrum, and you have two choices. Either you really clamp down and just like either walk out without paying for your groceries, which I've done occasionally, or you mm-hmm. give them a candy bar to calm them down. Well, that has just taught them that they just have to ratchet it up and you're going to reward them to be quiet. So there's yep. no asking quietly. It's going right to that. And I'm looking at it in, you know, as kids get older, and even in, in – the scam that I was involved in over time, there were, you know, when, when my, my guy, as I called him, started to ask for money at the beginning, I thought, oh, it's just a little bit, no big deal. You know, I'll just help him get his friend into the dating site. And so that was, he was really excited about that. Then when he asked me for a little bit more money, um, my gut was saying, you don't want to do this. But, you know, he started, hey, it's really important, you know, if if we get this paid, then I'll be able to come home sooner. And so it ratcheted up a little bit, and I wanted to please him, so I did it, right? And then Mm -hmm. by the end, when I was sending huge amounts of money, there were big emergencies. And I'm looking back at it now, you know, hindsight's 20-20 going, 
he was throwing a temper tantrum that whole time. He was manipulating me into doing these things. And I, I look back knowing it was manipulation now, but all along I was thinking, I would do anything for my family, and he was my family. So what mm-hmm. do we do to, you know, the fear of abandonment or the fe- we don't want to set boundaries. We don't want to say no because we're afraid that it's going to hurt them emotionally or they're not going to love us as much or they're, they're going to run away from us. Sometimes we just have to separate, but it's hard to get to that point of setting those boundaries and keeping them. I love it. Um, right? We have a three-step process that we talk about, like our system includes that lean in where you're leaning in and getting aware to what's really going on, right? And then once you have that awareness, how to be able to let go of what we have to let go of in order to move forward. And that letting go is the hardest part. I mean, it really is the hardest part because we hold on to a desire and a goal and our outcome so tight and that there's so much concern as if that doesn't happen. So, for example, um, what, like, I'll share just how in, um, in my household, my husband with PTSD, I have PTSD, and it's this constant flight or fight, the desire to, like, just run away. And when the triggers got really, really intense, there was this threat to run away, go away, I mean, to... This, and that, we're a blended family, so that would have been, like, half our family gone, separated. Um, and during that time, it was, like, living in this fear of, like, and walking on eggshells of, you know, what if it doesn't, you know, I have this vision for the family, or God's giving me this, you know, vision for the family, and what if it just doesn't turn out this way, or that fear of abandonment, that fear. Like, when you resolve all of that, And the message that came was, love my husband and move on, meaning give that love, be that love, but move on to be able to do what I've called you to do. And whether or not that works out, that's not your problem. Like, you know, so it goes to letting go of the fear of abandonment. Let, you know, it's almost like step, and that's, this is the biggest part of empowerment. We, what are some of the things that we have to let go of in order to move forward? And that, that may not mean that we have to let go physically, but maybe we have to let go of the things that are contributing to the hurricane versus being the change. Like um, the relationships that we have, the most intimate relationships, the more intimate the relationship, the more that it is a mirror of what's going on inside. So what we specialize in is supporting people and getting awareness of how the relationships that we're having are a reflection of the mirror that's going on inside, resolving that inward mirror and being able to stand firm and setting those boundaries with no guilt. It's almost like I went back a little bit to operating a little like the military. The military will stand firm into what they are, what they believe in, sometimes not in a nice empathetic way. But like if I'm in the, my son will ask, ask for a candy bar in the store and I'll tell him no and there's no guilt there. But then I also know that there's a harmony. Okay, well, I won't say no all the time. But if I really feel like I, don't, I want to say no, I'm going to say no. 
and then I'm teaching him how to emotionally be okay with it. It works when they're two. When they're 25, at least for me, I found it a little more difficult, which is silly. Yeah. It's the letting go part. You know, it's probably because that mama bear wants to protect, mm-hmm. but mama bear mm-hmm. also needs to kick him in the rear end and send him out the door. And that's the hard part, but for me it's tough. Yes, exactly. Well, well um, the, the cornerstone, Debbie, that had created this has solidified that point for me. What this, how, how this all changed for me was exactly what you're talking about and this, what your, this, your show is all about is being able to express yourself. So a couple of years ago, um, a fellow friend of uh, WPN sister and I, we um, had started talking about creating a book for caregivers. And we created a book called The Voice of Hope. It's inspirational, unstold stories of caregivers for caregivers. Like there were people caring for their spouses like me. There were people that were caring for their children or or their children with special needs. And there's people that were caring for their parents with, um, with, uh, with uh, their elderly parents. And in the common theme of this whole book, because I interviewed everyone in the book, that, that power of reclaiming your power, reclaiming your power, and that self-care part totally was what changed and what was needed for them to better be of care to other people. Because if we uh, – if we and it's it's okay that we have created a we created a pattern. So now that they're older, it may be hard to be able to go back. But we can always be able to change um, the trajectory of the future. Because can sometimes what is the cost of things staying the same? And um, when we, we in that book that we're talking about, we're actually getting ready to do a virtual summit, caregiving with ease. Um, just for this, because we know that there's a lot of people that we desire to be able to give out love to our family. We desire to be able to make sure that they know that we're there. But sometimes if we are, um, if we're, how much are we helping them as compared to um, hurting them, like in terms of getting, making sure that they're able to stand on their own two feet. And we can go either way, Debbie. Like we can be super, like, um, um, hindering their progress, like by not setting those boundaries, or we can be super like hardcore setting boundaries and totally um, limiting their. Pro- There's like a whole range, and the harmony is to try to figure out the middle of what works. And every family is sometimes different, but if we don't make a change, then things will continue to spiral down. And that book caused me to realize all the trauma that I had gone through and said, I'm not going through another 10 years of this. I'm not going through another year of this. How can I change this for the best outcome possible with the family? And, I, and it's by becoming the change. Yeah, you know, my, my brain is just spinning right now because it's so, many, so many thoughts and emotions are going through what you're saying because I can see it and I can, you know, and it's interesting. I've got four children and each one is different. And, some, and someone says, ah, oh, you know, they all grew up in the same house. But children grow up in a household and the, it's never the same because parents are changing. You know, when we had our first child, we didn't have a lot of money and we were struggling more. And, and you know, as we got more, like the kids will tell you, it's really funny. One will say, well, when I was little, I was only able to watch Channel 2, 224 and whatever it was, PBS. 
by the time the fourth one came around, he was watching basically whatever he wanted, you know? It, and it's not the kids that changed necessarily, it's how, how we parented and how that changed. And even, you know, the youngest one's 25. Looking back now, I was like, there are things that I shoulda, coulda, woulda, and I don't like to do that. But, well, I'm going to beat myself up on this, and I'm, I don't want to, because I've, I'm learning myself to set boundaries. I need to set boundaries for me, because I can't control what the kids are doing anymore. And, and so, as a 25-year-old, I didn't want to be controlled by my parents, but I wasn't near them. I was living on my own at that point. And I think that's a difference in a lot of families today is that the kids are so much closer or living at home. So here's the good thing. Um, we talk about one of the core things we do is forgiveness. Forgiveness of self and forgiveness of other people. Because, you know, what? I lived that perpetuating life of I should have did this, I could have did this. Like, what if this would have done better? It's like, and that beating ourselves up is so easy and automatic. But what if we could totally, just like God has forgiven us, like totally forgive ourselves and realize that we were just doing the best that we could with the resources that we had available to us. And then when we learn new resources, when we learn better, we do better. And that takes the pressure off of us. And then what if we could realize, like, okay, the people in our life who sometimes may be causing some of the, the chaos, what if they're just doing the best that they can? And what if I can learn to be able to forgive them? And it's almost like I hated that the Bible said, how many times do you have to forgive, like, over and over again? Because I'm thinking, God, how many times do I have to forgive this? Like, I can't take another time. But my grandfather and my grandmother, they were married for 30, 73 years. And my grandfather just passed away last year. And what was really cool was right before he passed away and he, um, he had, I had a conversation with him, him and my, me and my husband at the same time. We talked with him and my grandma at the same time. And I really wish I would have recorded that conversation to this day. But the one thing that I asked him, I said, what do you do when you want to strangle your partner and all you know, and you just like you just don't really want to deal with them. And my grandmother said, "Well, he used to want to strangle me all the time, but the Lord kept me." <laughs> and then my mom, <laughs> and then my grandpa said, "You know, Heather, you just take one day at a time, one day at a time." And it was like I leaned on that because he's like, "Every day is going to be a different day. You go to sleep, you might have a totally different perspective because a lot of us are sleep deprived, and that makes even more chaos." Well, and sometimes it's a minute at a time, not just a day, and you just have to breathe through it. My, my, I remarried, and my husband's real sweet the other day. He goes, Deb, just breathe. Just breathe through this one. And then yesterday it was interesting when I heard you guys, uh, you and Nancy were talking about something, and the forgiveness part came up. And it's like forgiveness is easy. It's more of a one-way thing because we can do it. It's the reconciliation that's a two-way story, a two-way street. So mm-hmm. we can forgive, and, and I found for, uh, for me – Forgiveness is very liberating because I'm not holding on to the past hurts. And yep. that's when you move from the victim to the victor or victorious or whatever, um, and you're able to do that. It's it's a little more difficult sometimes to, I don't know, to be able to move on when you can't let go of what happened. I mean, that's the part of forgiveness is that I'll never get the money back or you'll never get you know your your innocence back. Those things happened. They're part of our life. Um, but 
what can we do to move forward from that? And that's that's forgiveness is is a great part. And and thank you for for you know talking about that one too. Um, but it's hard when when you're in you know button heads and you just feel the blood boiling in your initial uh, reaction to discord is to raise your voice. And I'm a pretty calm person, but the first first the first one here in the house is like. Why are you yelling at me? And I'm thinking, I'm not yelling. This is really quite calm. You want me to yell? I can really yell. And I'm thinking, calm down. That is not going to do anything but ramp up the emotion. And how do you step back from that emotion? I'm so glad that you asked that question because really the, the emotional intelligence, and it's not just emotional intelligence, it's emotional wisdom, that is the core of the life harmony coaching that we do because it's like we cannot control the things that happen externally of us, but we can control how we respond to them and, um, and what that response means and how we take it in. So I spent a majority of my um, career on the computers and learning computers and realizing now, only now, well, not, well year, a few years ago, that, wow, the body is like a computer. Your mind is like, a, is like the central processing unit of your whole body, and it operates everything. So um, the, the thing is we think that we cannot separate and release the emotions and the memories and so forth, and that they're so tied in. And, and actually studies have talked about how, you know, like people think that you can't heal from post-traumatic stress. You can't heal these situations. But, Debbie, what if I told you that you absolutely can because that's the training, that communication mastery class that we teach. And we teach people how to be able to release those past-based negative emotions. So, therefore, they can remember the memories. Like, I, I, for instance, I was able to express to you two traumatic emotional events that really years ago I couldn't even voice or express or had no clue. And I could be able to share that fully, authentically, and from a place that does not give me an emotional charge, where it's no longer impacting my mind, body, or soul, if that makes sense. Oh, it so certainly does, about- and that's, that's the whole reason between, behind the stand up and speak up, uh, because I found the same as you through, through expressing, you know, going through the forgiveness part, but expressing what happened, and this took time. It took the safety mm-hmm. of WPN to be able to tell the story the first time, and then I found that, oh my gosh, that I, I'm healing from the inside out, but I can help somebody that's sitting beside me because she might be going through something similar and she needs to know she's not alone. That's the beauty of being able to tell your story because, I mean, I, I've heard your story multiple times now and I just, I, it helps me to understand who you are. And yeah. we all need to be able to do that and understand other people. Now, before we move on, I mean, we could talk for a long time, but how can people get a hold of you if they'd like to be able to work with you? Um, definitely go to my website, www.anotherlevelliving.com, and just connect with us on social media and check out what we have there. Um, and, yeah, just send us a little note from there. You're on Facebook quite a lot, aren't you? On Facebook, yes, quite a bit. Okay, because they so, can see you on Facebook. Yep, yeah, you can see me on Facebook as well, Dr. Heather. Okay. 
I'm, uh, and actually, that's uh, that was on the introduction uh, to the registration for for our show today. Um, I'm actually Heather. We've got a bunch of people on, and I'm going to open this up to questions and okay. answers. So this is going to unmute them. Great. So any of our listeners, if you'd like to come on and ask uh, ask a question or make a comment to Dr. Heather, we want to thank her for being here. But you hit star six, and then I think it's one. Um, cool. So come on on if, you, if you'd like to. But Heather, you know, it's, this is so important, and, and it's, it's just so timely for me in my life and what I'm you know, dealing with with family um, and setting boundaries and, and forgiving and, and moving forward, but just learning how to breathe and how to do it without emotion and, and respond rather than reacting. Because I think we, I talked last week about reactions are done with emotions, and sometimes if you're doing things yep. emotionally, <laughs> you can't take back what you've said. Yes, it's the overreactions. And I teach, it's funny, I teach my clients to celebrate their overreactions because I'm like, okay, cool, let's see what caused it and the link up there. But uh, this last thing that I'll say before we take questions is there's two people, two things that people are significantly craving right now in this world, in this pandemic. It is connection and it is acceptance. And the more solid that we are in that connection and acceptance of ourselves, of everything around us, you know, our um, total health, the easier it's going to be to be able to have those connections and acceptance of everybody else around us because we're all different. Absolutely. And, you know, we're craving communication, we're craving connection, but be really, really careful when you're doing it online. Um, that's, that's obviously my story. And I'm going to bring in uh, a friend of ours, Dr. Tim McGinnis, who's the founder of SCARS, the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams. And Tim and I were talking about what kind of boundaries can we set for online communications and on online relationships. Tim, are you there? I am here. Welcome. Um, fascinating conversation, and I am so incredibly proud um, of the work that you are doing. Um, your organization sounds fantastic, and I truly hope that Debbie and I can hold additional conversations to perhaps find ways to help our own constituent uh, audience of, of victims leverage and take advantages of, of some of the things that you offer, particularly in uh, the areas of PTSD reduction because scam victims are especially prone to significant traumas. Wow. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Um, so in, in terms of boundaries in the world online, this is such an expansive, gigantic universe-wide kind of a concept because it, it varies from individual to individual. When we're talking about children, boundaries are so profoundly important because children don't have the intellectual filters to be able to know what's real and what's not real. Plus, they don't know when, well, neither do adults, but they, they certainly <laughs> don't know or have the skills to fend off manipulation. Um, as an adult, you can develop defensive behaviors to ward off manipulation and, in fact, to instill boundaries. The military is absolutely wonderful. You know, basic training is all about 
taking a personality, ripping it apart, and instilling fundamental defense mechanisms into that personality. Unfortunately, those same mechanisms work against you when you come back out with PTSD, but you have to rip it apart again and and fix those parts of a person's psyche in order to resolve the PTSD issues. But so from a boundaries point of view, one of the things that I would suggest immediately is that we have to have boundaries when it comes to something very fundamental, which is talking with strangers. From this one simple act, most of the misery online comes, whether it's children being groomed for pedophilia or trafficking or adults being manipulated into scams. Having boundaries for strangers is so incredibly critical. Let me just share a very simple story. Uh, we posted a job applicant or a job wanted on our Facebook pages for volunteers uh, the last couple of days, and we had excellent response. And one of the volunteers that was sent to us was someone who looked wonderful. Uh, stated that she worked for a well-known chain of behavioral therapy centers around the country, working for the local office. Uh, very rich authentic social media profile, except for one little mistake, which I fell for. So I didn't follow my own boundaries, my own behavioral protections, and engaged in a long dialogue with this person. Fortunately, nothing serious happened. Didn't give away the keys to the, to the corporate washroom, so to speak. But nevertheless, it turned out to be a scammer from Togo. And there was just one little thing that in my zeal to talk to this new stranger because I was motivated to do so, I didn't see. And that's one of the key things that we have to establish boundaries for, is we've got to be a lot better at recognizing and developing instinctual barriers which don't come naturally. Our own, our own psyche, our own persona, works against us 100% of the time if we don't manually develop new behaviors to protect us. And we're a partner with the, the United States Department of Homeland Security on uh, cybercrime-related issues, and they've developed a pretty simple technique that I've talked to Debbie about many, many times to help people recognize when they're in a situation that may be beyond their emotional intelligence of the moment. And they simply call this stop, think, connect. It's the old adage your grandmother probably told you about sleeping on something before you make a decision. Essentially, when you're encountering a situation that is overwhelming to you, whether it's emotionally or whether you're projecting or you've got so much desire to go forward, you have to stop, let the boundary delay you to the point where you can think about it properly. And then if everything still seems great afterwards, then by all means go forward. But if not, let the red haze of emotion fade away so that you can look at things as they really are. Um, 
And this is what we tell scam victims all the time because that is the fundamental mistake that they make. Not to blame them, but we have to acknowledge where the weakness is in order to fix it, in order to you know, brick up that hole. We've got to acknowledge that there was a hole there to begin with. So people have to realize that their greatest weakness is it's really easy to ignore boundaries, let emotion take over, subject themselves to external influence, grooming, manipulation, whatever it may happen to be, and react, let the amygdala do the driving rather than the the cerebral cortex, and as a result, it gets you in harm's way every single time. So that's my insight on how individuals can help reestablish those boundaries is simply by recognizing that they're outside of their boundaries and they need to reach, you know, take a step back, let the moment pass before reacting to the point where it's catastrophic and, uh, and unrecoverable. Obviously, if, if you're going to react emotionally, whether it's an argument or a road rage or whatever it may happen to be, it all comes from essentially the same place. It's hormones in our brain taking control and overdriving our intellectual thought. But if we built behaviors that help us, just like the military builds behaviors that we can fall back on, we have a better chance of remaining safe and not doing permanent lasting damage in our lives, in our relationships, in our future. Well, thank you so much, Tim. That That is so oh, true. And, and sometimes those boundaries, I mean, it might be physical. And you, you physically have to separate from the person that you're either in an argument with or that, you, you know, has been hurting you in the past. I mean, Heather, you can address that too. As a child, it's hard to, to run away from the person that's hurting you because many times it's family members. But you've got to find that place where you can, you can protect yourself, right? Thanks, Tim. I appreciate that. And that stop, think, and connect is so true. If we just, it's, don't go after the shiny object, you know, that, especially on Amazon. It's so easy to go onto Amazon and start buying, and you're like, oh, my gosh, come back tomorrow and see if I really still need this. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Debbie, in, in the world we live today, just to butt in um, without permission, but in the world we live in today, Everybody talks about microaggressions and triggers. Well, the fact is they're everywhere. And we need to be able to use our boundaries to ignore them whether, instead of constantly reacting. And that's something that our children today are not learning. And we as adults haven't learned very well either in general. Well, that's true. This is, this is a process. This is not a, you know... We're not, we're not perfect in one day. It's a process over a lifetime. And, and I, mean, I look back now at, at what I've learned over the last few years, and, and thank goodness. But now it's incumbent upon us to, to spread the word, to be, aware and to be aware. Now, Heather, I'm going to come back to you. Thanks, Tim, so much for your input today. But, Heather, the other day you said something that I found very true, rang true to me, and it says, your test is your testimony. Can yes. you just? I'm going to give you the last word on that. Um, I don't. I'm not getting anybody to come in. Maybe they can't come in. 
Peggy, if you can't come in, text me. <laughs> Sometimes okay. technology is weird. But can you address that, please? How, how do we take our test and make it into our testimony, and then how do we become positive and purposeful so, going forward? So it's, it's almost exactly, thanks, Tim, for that um, amazing information because um, it's, it's similar to, okay, we've, been, we've had these behaviors, we've had these patterns, how can we be able to change it and shift it to um, create the patterns that are operating for us as compared to operating against us? But whereas in the military they install these behaviors um, when they come in, but there's not really a process for when they get out to be able to de-energize all of that and get them back into connection with um, operating in civilian life. And I think that's one reason that causes the 22 veterans per day to kill themselves. That causes the high divorce rate. You got 85, 95% of, um, of combat veterans getting divorced or having multiple marriages. And the foundation of all of this change of, of creating um, these healthy boundaries is, first of all, being aware of the boundaries that are being aware of the situation. So awareness is the first step to acceptance. And almost in any, any stage, any emotion, anything you're expressing, my mom would always say, you know, if you're frustrated, go ahead and sleep on it, and things look different in the morning. They really do. And, and sometimes it's not possible to really operate and start with just a physical boundary. What um, I recommend starting from is, okay, being cognizant of those boundaries spiritually, mentally, emotionally, resolving those because sometimes it might not be a situation where, okay, I just want to be done and physically separate. But when you start attacking it from a higher perspective, then it will start to, uh, start to maybe start changing it in the, even the physical environment. Um, and so recognizing those and, be, and getting to that point where you're aware and that there's acceptance of the situation is like really the first foundation to being able to move forward. Now, it's okay not to be okay. I need everyone to it's okay to feel like, oh, my gosh, what have I done, to feel the, like, um, like you talked about some of the, um, the feelings, like, why did I do this? I'm ashamed of this. And getting, how to get to that point of being unashamed, it, go, it goes back to getting that clarity in your mind, body, and soul. Because our greatest wealth, our greatest health, is our peace of mind. And when we have that peace of mind, that clarity, um, then that it trickles down into our entire environment if we let it to, if we allow it to. That that's true. Because my husband calls it. What did he call it this morning? Wise mind. When the people that we're around and our and when we are in our wise mind. We're making good decisions. We're making good choices. Um, and the consequences are much better than when we're in our chaotic mind. Um, it's mm-hmm. just a matter of taking the emotion out of, you know, what we're doing. And when, you know, when I see what I call ineffective behavior, um, it, it's ineffective in, in my life. It may, you know, <laughs> I get people saying, well, it's good for me. What I'm doing is good for me. I don't need a plan. I am the plan. I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm a planner, and your plan seems really scattered and, you know, ineffective, but that's their plan and not my plan. 
And mm-hmm. we all need to realize that we're not we're in control of of us, of ourselves and, and that's it. And we're in control of saying, Okay, well, you know, you can be here in my sphere or I think it's time for you to move on or for me to move on because, you, you know, you can tell them to go away all, all you want, but it's you that has to remove yourself from a bad situation. And sometimes it's that, you know, we've just got to get the guts to do it, to be brave, mm-hmm. to be comfortable being uncomfortable and moving out of what we, what was our normal which is, it brings us up to today. You know, what is our normal? What is our new normal? And uh, I love what you're doing, Heather. Thank you so much for, for so many of the things. Um, <laughs> I'm getting you're a text. welcome. I'm getting one of the texts. Um, yeah, and, and uh, I want people to reach out to you at anotherlevelliving.com. Uh, go on to Facebook. Yep. It's Dr. Heather. It's Dr. Heather, and there's no space there, right, Dr. Heather? And then Tucker? Oh, so Dr. Heather Tucker. Yeah, that's me directly. Okay. I'm also on LinkedIn. And um, Another Level Living is also our, our business page there on Facebook too. Well, you're so. just wonderful. Your story's wonderful. I wish you the best of luck with your family and with your husband. Um, thank him for his service and, for, and all that you've done in your service too. And thank you, Dr. Tim, for being on. Thank you, everybody, for, for being on our show today. Um, I want to thank you for listening to Stand Up and Speak Up. We are dedicated to encouraging you to remove the mask of embarrassment and to being your best self. One disclaimer, yeah. if you or any of you know anybody that's been a victim to fraud or scam, report it to anyscam.com or ic3.gov, which is the FBI site. Um, I want you to join my Facebook group, Stand Up and Speak Up, for special information and replays. Thank you so much for joining us. This episode is sponsored by BenfoComplete.com, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy and healthy hands and feet for those with neuropathy. Happens to be my company. And for anybody listening or family members that want to uh, look into our products, which are a vitamin supplement, there's a discount code called STANDUP. You can do one word or two words. It doesn't matter. And we give you a 5% discount just for listening to the show. So thank you again, Dr. Heather, Dr. Tim, and all of our friends for being here today. We really thank you, and we wish everyone a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.